today I'm going to be speaking on a topic called the state of affairs. The state of affairs. Um, I'm trying to um, build a picture from what God has been saying to us for the last three months and where we are going. So the word is um, prophetic in nature um, and it's going to be a follow-on from my wife's amazing word last week. Wasn't the last week word amazing, guys? Convicting and all of that good stuff. Get wisdom. Hallelujah. I just want to follow on from that in James chapter 1 from verses 2 to 8. And I believe that last week's message is a message, guys, that you lot should be listening to, you know, once every month. Amen. This year we want to be, you know, students of the word. Amen. We want to be disciples. Amen. We want to be people who put our soul in remembrance because sometimes we forget. Allah? Sometimes life will cause you to forget. That's why the Lord says, meditate day and night. Amen? So I encourage you all, that word last week I feel is a foundational stone that is crucial for us to be revisiting all the time to remind ourselves. Are we chasing God's wisdom or doing our own thing? And this chapter is one of my favorite chapters um, in the Bible. This is a chapter where it talks about faith without works is dead and all that good stuff. But before it gets there, James gives us a new perspective. What should anyone say a new perspective? James says after becoming saved, after your quote-unquote honeymoon period with God, he says, my brethren, I want you to count it all joy. Count it all joy. When? So he's given us a time and a place for where he wants us to be reminded to count it all joy. Amen? I'm going to go slow today. Bible study time. Hallelujah. When you fall into various trials, in brackets, I can put in there temptations. Testings. Times where what God said and what I'm doing, what I'm experiencing, is not matching. That's when he wants you to count it all joy. And then he tells us why. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Then he says in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, that means without finding fault, and without reproach, and it will, not can, not might, it will be given to him. Verse 6 though. When you do ask, ask in faith. With no doubting. 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Has anybody else felt driven and tossed by the wind? Is it just me? Wow, only pastor. You are perfect in this building. For let not that man, my goodness, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man and woman unstable in all of his ways. This is a very dense scripture. Essentially, he's saying, guys, get ready for joy. But this joy is not going to come the way you think it's going to come. It's going to require you to have joy, which is not happiness. So it's not based on happenstance. It's based on the eternal work and perspective you have in Christ. That's why he says that the testing of your faith is why the trial has come. Because God is trying to produce patience in you. The Bible says, with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Does anybody have any promises from God for 23? Expect your patience to be produced. Why does he say patience must be produced? Because God's goal is that you may be perfect. In the Greek, that means mature. So God is saying, I want to use the trial of life to make you grow. You guys follow me here, yeah? And he says that you may be complete and lack nothing. But then the next verse says, if any of you lack wisdom. If you're like me, I'm like, that don't make no sense. Lack nothing, lack wisdom. What's he saying here? Treat verse 2 and 4 as a season in your life. And season of your life must have a word from God for you to endure that season of your life. That word is called wisdom. Are you guys following me here, yeah? So for every season of your life, there is a word of wisdom that you are lacking that you need to ask God for to endure that season. So when we're saying last week, wisdom in motion, we're trying to say, look, guys, we don't know what's going to come ahead, but we do know what the word says. It is something that we lack that we desperately need is wisdom. But this asking of wisdom, you need to have an understanding that God gives it freely. I don't know about you, sometimes when you pray um, and you feel, what's the word, guilty or sinful, we feel like God don't head a prayer. So we like, you know, if you're like me, you kind of do like this three day, four day of like, you know, them gloomy prayers, Lord, you know, X, Y, and Z, blah, blah. You think it takes God four days to like you again, basically. Here it says that it says one thing that you can ask God, even when you feel like that, is wisdom that God will definitely answer. He says, without finding reproach. So when we pray and we're in need of wisdom, this is one prayer point that I can guarantee you, one ten percent that God's going to answer. But that asking must be in faith. This faith here is understanding that God gives liberally. Now this is where grace comes in, guys, because we don't pray based on how good we are. We pray because he is good. 
This is why the goodness of God leads to repentance. You're changing your mind about how you see God. This verse should just shift your prayer life today. That when you pray, God listens and God answers because he is good and he gives liberally. God ain't here finding fault. Our email's praying today. Let me check the list. How many things did you check up to this day? I can't answer that prayer. prayer. He's, not, he's not doing that. He ain't doing that. God's in the business of giving stuff away freely. Are you guys following me, huh? Let you ask in faith with that understanding. If you ask and you doubt, this is where your shaky, shaky comes. Yeah, pastor, my face was a bit like up and down. Why? Our perspective of God has been skewed by what's happening in life. And James says, the secret to endurance is your perspective of counting it all joy. The joy of the Lord is your what? When I feel tested, I feel weak. Because testing works on the areas that are more prone to fall in. That's why we live by faith. Why? Because let the weak say, I am strong. So, so the, the goal here really with warfare is what's coming out of your mouth. The wisdom that I need to give you today is what comes out of your mouth when things happen. That's faith. Not what we see. I understand things are not going well. But wisdom, as my wife said, is the ultimate. I'm sorry, wisdom from God is the ultimate wisdom. That wisdom must produce a new perspective. God has something to say about what is happening. And sometimes we might be like Noah. We may be building something for a long time, but something's going to happen. And on that day when it happens, I'm good because I followed God's wisdom. The Bible says wisdom builds. So sometimes you may look silly following God's wisdom. It might not make sense to me why you're doing certain things that seems opposite to what you're going through. But there's a wisdom that Eman said that God has that is secret and mysterious in nature. That if we can obey, if we can be a fool for Jesus, he will confound the wisdom of this world. You guys following me here today? This is good preaching. Hallelujah. Even I feel encouraged. Hallelujah. You may look silly. You may be Noah building an ark for 120 years. But rain is coming. And because Noah was obedient and fair God, him and his household was saved. Guys, this wisdom, you know, is the difference between your life being what it is right now and becoming a mess versus it becoming God's promise for your life. Wisdom's a difference. And the Bible says wisdom builds and understanding establishes, meaning you're not required to understand every instruction God gives you. You are required to obey it. And I've learned through my obedience, that's when I get further understanding. You guys follow me here, yeah? Because sometimes the issue with what God says is that I don't get why you're telling me to do this. And we get into a pickle with God, like we're God's mate, like we're God's too. My friend, if God said do something, do it. Amen? Sometimes 
the miracle is in the instruction. Mary, son, there's no more wine. Jesus is like, okay, get six pots of water. Water is not wine, Jesus. But when they drew the water from the wine, from the, from the, from the bottle, sorry, wine came out. First miracle. How did a miracle happen? Based on obedience to instruction. So there are plenty of miracles for you this year. Hallelujah. I thought I'd get an amen in the building. That are waiting for your obedience to the instruction. We need wine. God says, get some pots of water. Just do it. The Bible says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Amen? Amen. That's the prelude. Let's go to the next slide, guys. So you guys encouraged today that you're going to pursue God's instruction. Hmm. God has been talking to us about a new consecration for the last two months, I believe, or so. Um, and I believe he's, he, he's been doing this because he's trying to um, prepare us for what's going to happen next. So, next verse, next um, slide for me, please. When God is about to do something, God is not um, a horrible dad that leaves you out of the knowing or out of the preparation what's about to happen. Sometimes we might know what's going to happen, but because of the previous season's wisdom, we're prepared for what's going to happen in the next season, unknowingly sometimes. And there's this scripture, next one, sorry, bro, sorry. In 2 Timothy, that really draws on my heart because Paul tells Timothy that in a great house, and let's translate that great house to in a church, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, wood and clay, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified. That word there can be translated consecrated and useful for the master prepared for every good work flee youthful lust but pursue righteousness faith love and peace with those who call the lord out of a pure heart paul says in your church Ayo, there are vessels of gold and silver there are valuable gifts in this house. Are you a valuable gift? But there are also vessels of wood and clay. He's telling us, look, not everyone in here is saved. Sorry, I'm not coming to be dim and gloom. But he's saying, if you can cleanse yourself from the latter, if you do not walk in the practices of wood and clay, that is your act of consecration that makes you useful for the master and makes you prepared for every good work. Meaning, when you come into this house, God is enlisting you into training. You know what it's called? Discipleship. 
It spoke about spiritual disciplines, spiritual diets. It spoke about others can, you cannot. We spoke about the thing that God has delivered you from that requires a different lifestyle for me in this new life in Christ. And he's saying, look, the enemy of the cleansing of yourself from the latter, from not being consecrated, is youthful lust. This word youthful lust can be translated um, the spirit of this age. What the culture is saying that is anti-Christ in nature. So don't just think porn, masturbation, you know, sex. Think about lust, things that drive you away from God's calling. Think about your appetite to do your thing above doing God's thing. That's lustful. Because you're choosing you over God. And he says there has to be a new pursuit called righteousness. Faith, love, and peace. And guess what? You've got to change the pursuit with your community. He says, do this with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So I have a submission today about the last three months. God wants to address your community, your influences, your gates, your belief systems, subconsciously and consciously. He wants to deal with the hidden things, the things that we don't even know that's affecting us today. I don't know about you guys, but the last four or five months have been, a, have been trying months of hidden things. Things that are not in my present consciousness that maybe it took a counseling session to unearth and to gather out and I had to understand that habitual behavior came from this. It looked like God addressing wholeness. Addressing, are you really over that situation now? Look like addressing unforgiveness, comparison, insecurity. All these things are natural human responses to life. But we don't have to live in that. God can address those things and heal us and make us whole from those things. Because I realize that if I'm insecure, I may find security in the things that the Bible says are youthful lost. And I'm doing it out of the need to feel something that feels good for a moment, but ultimately leads to my destruction. You guys following me here? I'm trying to make this ABC. I'm using myself as an example. I'm looking at anybody else. Looking at me. Hallelujah. The enemy will always prey on your weaknesses, guys. This is why we have community, because two is better than one. I believe a key this year for our healing as an individual and as a community, it's going to be found in how we value and pursue community amongst one another. This pure heart ain't about jamming around those who are so-called holy. It's about, do we all agree and are we all sincere to say, you know what, this year I'm going out for God. That's purity of heart. That's purity of motive. That's sincerity, not perfection. So in this house, are we going to go all out for Jesus this year? Is that, our, is that our, our aim, our, our, our desire? Yeah? Then all of you are qualified for this statement. But recognize, whatever you're fleeing must have an, 
a direction of what you're going to be pursuing. Because what happens when you flee you for loss? I don't know where you're going. You just do this. Flee. Boom. Back to square one again. Your fleeing must have a direction of pursuit. So sometimes the cycle is that where are you going? What are you doing? Last year I said like, okay, you heard God's word, but did you do it? Did you really do it? Did you keep doing it? Or did you think, okay, this long ain't working, dash it. Patience. Amen? So this a new consecration is God preparing us for what I believe this year will be is crossover. Next slide, please. Can I just know how long I've got so that I know if I can enjoy myself with this part or be quick? Crossover. Touch your name and say crossover. You know, my wife is a prophet. And sometimes when prophets make jokes, God is speaking. Amen. She was joking about um, Moffat's, um, his top, he's wearing Jordan. And obviously it was New Year's. I said, hi guys, you know, we're crossing over. And there's a scripture in the Bible called cross over the Jordan. And she said, you don't, don't play with prophets, man. That's we do, that's we, that's we prophesy by mistake. <laughs> I wish she said that. It, it, it dawned on me because I believe Joshua, who's going to be our... Um, our, um, what's it called? Our prototype today. I believe his story and his main story is centered around him crossing over Israelite to Jordan is what God's going to do for us this year. I believe we're crossing over into our promise. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I can run in this place. Next slide. So I want to tell all of you in this room, you are Joshua. Does it about me or P.S.? It's about you. You are Leke Joshua. So when I read this scripture, I want you to read you. First scripture, please. The first time we hear about Joshua um, is that Joshua is a man of war. There was a time where the Israelites were fighting in the wilderness and Moses had to go up to a mountain and Aaron and her had to raise up his hands. You guys know that story? And any time Moses' hands were lifted, the Israelites prevailed. The Israelites were being led by Joshua in the area of fighting war. So he was like, he was like basically the, the general, the commander-in-chief. He was a man of war. Yeah? The next time we hear about Joshua is where God is speaking to Moses. I'm going to read this scripture. And this scripture says that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Hmm, wow. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So we know about Moses. Moses was, 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 was God's OG, you know what I'm saying? Face to face, seeing God, speaking to God. It gives us highlight that Moses, sorry, Joshua, which was Moses' second-hand man, was a young man who would not depart from the tent. 
So this scripture lets us know that Joshua was also a man of the presence. Whenever Moses would go out and do God's will, God's commands, Joshua would stay there. I like how it said it, would not depart. It, it gives me language of that Mo, Joshua was bound to God's presence. He, he, he had a resolve that this is where I live. And in the New Testament, guess where God lives? Not a trick question. Where? Who does God call a friend? Mm-hmm. Next scripture. It's all going to make sense soon. Next one again, so this is a man of war scripture. This is a long one still. I'll, I'll summarize it. Basically, Moses is going to go and die. So Moses has to appoint a new leader. The new leader is Joshua. And before the whole congregation, he releases these words. I'm going to read verse 7 and 8. Moses called Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go out with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. You shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Do not fear, nor be discouraged. You know, let me read that again. A-N-T. The Lord will be with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Amen. Next chapter, please. And here we see that when Moses was about to go and die, Moses laid hands on Joshua. And when he laid hands on Joshua, he imparted into Joshua the spirit of wisdom. And guess what the fruit of the wisdom, guys, was this. The Israelites listened to him and did whatever the Lord had commanded Moses. Are you seeing the power of wisdom here? When God gives you wisdom, whatever your situation is going through has to listen to you guys. And it has to do what the wisdom said it must do. That's the power of God's wisdom. So Joshua was a man of war, man of presence, and a man of wisdom. A man of war, a man of presence, and a man of wisdom. Next life, me boss. So here we see, this is the crossover section that I want us to dig into today. And in Joshua 1, verses 1 to 8, we see God speaking to Joshua. And he says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. 
from the wilderness of, and this Lebanon as far as the great river. I'm sorry, I'm going to skip a bit. Verse 5. No man, A&T, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. See, God's repeating himself. Say this already in, in Deuteronomy. Say it again to him now. Be strong, A-N-T, and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Next one. Only. Here is the wisdom and the instruction, A-N-T. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Ah, sweet. This book of the law shall not depart from where? Your mouth. What are you saying in this season? But you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Hmm, isn't it sweet, guys? Verse 9, once again, God repeats. So you see, when God repeats, guys, you have to listen twice. Amen? Have I not commanded you. So this isn't even counsel. It's not advice. It's an instruction. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. John, Joshua 1.1 Before I break down this whole Blessed nine verses. Go back to the next previous slide, please. The first thing God addressed before speaking to Joshua is that he addressed the death of Joshua's leader called Moses. This is very important. In the Bible, when Moses died, God apportioned 30 days for mourning. This is Moses. Moses is like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like a little God to Israel. Like when they see Moses, they see God. Like Moses dying was a big deal. And I love this because even the Bible is teaching us that when things happen, God gives space for mourning. This chapter here is called transition. They're moving from one place to another place. And God says, before you transition, guys, I want you to mourn. To mourn the things which are dead. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be a situation. It could be a broken promise. It could be disappointment, failure, whatever it is. If it's dead, if it's not moving, if it's not having any source of encouragement to your life, these are things that God wants you to grieve over. I've learned that Sometimes what was holding me back was the lack of mourning over what was lost before. And God doesn't want that, that, that hidden grief in me 
in a new place because it will distort me from receiving the fullness of what the new thing that God is doing. So in this season, guys, if this week of fasting comes and you see yourself losing yourself a bit, let yourself go. Let yourself go. You need to agree on things, beloved. If you want to transition well, mourn well. In order to transition well, I'm going to sit there for a moment. You need to mourn well. If you're like me, you know, I can be a crybaby, but sometimes I'm not a crybaby. But when it comes to things of God that didn't work out, I have this spirituality of keeping it moving. You know, man of God, man of faith, it's all right. But secretly, it's affecting my faith. Secretly, maybe I won't trust God like that again. Secretly, I'll just say amen, amen when the prophecy comes, but really hasn't entered here. Because there's a part of me that's, hey, last time, X, Y, and Z. You guys feeling me here, yeah? Trying to be vulnerable before y'all today. Grieving sometimes helps us see things properly. Sometimes those water that come over your eyes allow you to see a bit clearer the situation that hurt you. You know, for new things to happen, old things must die. So I repeat again, in order to transition well, mourn well. I know that your mourning has a start time and an end time. God give them 30 days, might be two weeks for you, one day, two hours, I don't know. But just know that when you mourn, you're not going to stay in mourning. Mourning may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Sometimes we need to allow the night seasons of our life to be what they are. And maybe you walking in faith is mourning the night. It's just that mourning endures. Meaning there is, the, the morning needs to let itself be fully let out. It needs to, it needs to exasperate the night. So that when morning comes, that, 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 that um, exchange that God will do, your mourning for joy, may be full in expression. You guys follow me here, yeah? Is this good preaching, guys, yeah? Amen. So, because my time is fast gone, next slide. I'm going to give you guys next slide. Next slide. Mm, thank you. I'm going to give you guys three things from Joshua. And maybe I will preach the rest of this message during our fasting week. So make sure you're there. Amen. Joshua 1, 6 to 9 says that, um, can you go to 6 to 9 please quickly? God tells him, be strong, courageous. Observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever he goes. Touch your name and say prosper. Can you see this? Let's just read this slowly. Like God wants you, Dio, to prosper. But God has something called wisdom that will secure your prosperity. Are you guys hearing me? Like, 
I always say all the time, read your Bible slow. It's, 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 it's easy to understand and sometimes it's hard, but here it's very easy to understand. He, he says that you must observe to do according to the law. He commands you. So guess what, guys? You can read this Bible observing it and you could have a desire to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But guess what? Life will cause you to start turning. You start questioning, did God really say, maybe he meant it this way, or maybe I'll do this next week. That's, that's, that's turning. The late obedience is still turning, by the way. Don't turn. Why should I not turn, Ayo? That you may prosper wherever you go. You don't know where that instruction is going to land you. You didn't know that if you chose to do that thing at a particular time, there was a particular person that was going to bless you. You don't know. But what you do know is what God said. Do it. You guys follow me here? I'm trying to make this everyday life simple. Wherever you go. So, if we go to the three points. Joshua was a man of honor and humility. Those were his two weapons. Why do I say that? The Lord said, wherever my servant Moses commanded you. Joshua had to honor the words of Moses. There's a scripture, beloved, 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. It says, believe God and be established. Believe his prophets. Let me put in brackets. Believe his elders, pastors, your leaders, that you may prosper. It's one thing to be established in God. It's another thing to you to prosper in God. And God is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a funny dad. He's a, he, 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 he has a protocol whereby if you claim to honor God, he's going to look at that honor and how you honor those he puts around you. You can't love him, who you can't see, but you don't love those who you do see. You are a liar. God puts leaders in our lives for a reason. So when, you know, PS is doing one to one of you, if there's an instruction in there, I need you to honor it. You see, something about honor, yeah, is that Proverbs says, and you read it in 16 or 13, talks about with honor and humility comes riches. Some of you guys, your blessing is on the other side of obedience to instruction. That instruction might come through your leader. Amen. I'm looking, I'm not calling my name out. Your leader. Whoever that leader is. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we're having one-to-ones, it's not just a time to share your life. What did I say? Are you doing what I said? Are we having a pity party? Or are we here for a meeting to move forward? Amen. You can cry. Most of you cry. I'll still hold you and I'll still instruct you. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Mm, hallelujah. Second point. Be strong and courageous. You see, when God tells you to be something, that's the area the enemy is going to attack. So don't consider it strange on Monday you feel weak and you lack courage. Don't consider it strange, beloved. The enemy is on job, but you too also have a job. Be strong. Be courageous. And this be strong is not mustard and physical, you know, man, uh, mantra. This strength here that he's saying is your ability to endure. This courage here is the ability to feel the fear, Emmanuel, 
but do it anyway. These guys are about to go into a promised land that's theirs, but there are other kings and clans that are occupying it. And God's saying, listen, fam, we're crossing over to do some war business. Don't be scared. There's more of them of you. They're more powerful than you. But guess what? I said to you, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. As I have done it before, I'm going to do it again. That's what God was saying in that chapter. So when he's saying be strong and courageous, do not give room for the enemy to zap your strength. That means your confession when you feel weak must be that I am strong. I'll tell you guys the time. My prayer life looks like this every day. Jesus, help me. I am fully aware of my frailty and weakness without Jesus. And Paul let us know that when we are weak, his grace is made perfect. So maybe the, the, the key to being Sean Leke is asking God or telling God that I am weak. Being aware of your weakness and asking him to help you. Being aware of the fact, you know what, I don't know the answers, I need the wisdom. Doing those Praying those prayer points is an act of humility. You're acknowledging that, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on. I don't even know where I'm going. Jesus, help me. You guys follow me here, yeah? So when stuff happens on work, relationships, whatever, Jesus, help me. Give me wisdom. Amen? And you have one strategy. This is why we're doing this challenge, a new word. Meditate on the word. Meditate. Don't just read it. Reading the word of God in about how many chapters you've read in a day. Do you remember what you read? Meditation looks like this, guys. One verse. Sometimes one word out of that one verse. Allowing that word to marinate in your mind. Allowing that word to be a word that you visit every two to three hours. Be strong, Ayo. Be courageous. Sometimes, you know what? We just need to be reminded about what God said because, like I said, life can cause you to turn and forget. We're frail. Do you need Jesus? Then you need his words. This is the strategy. He says, when you do this thing, I'm going to make you prosperous, guys. You're going to not have this normal success, but Good success. Is it his word? Either you could do it your way or his way. I'm going to choose his way. Hallelujah. This crossover is all about inheritance. And this inheritance I'm talking about is God's promise for you. I want to tell you guys today. I want to tell you guys today that this inheritance is not about what we want. It's about that fact that God wants it for you. That changes everything, guys. It's not on me no more. It's on him. So, excuse me. So, if it's on him, God, what are you saying? Wisdom. Okay, I'm going to do that. God is for you. A-N-T, God is for you. Don't allow what you're going through to make you feel like God is just trying to try you and to test you and just what's he being he's for you. That situation is a testing that's going to produce in you patience. That patience is going to produce in you completeness and wholeness. That you may lack nothing. God is after lack in your life, beloved. You can't prosper in lack. The whole God of prosperity is abundance. 
but the work must be first done in you. I want you to prosper as your soul prospers. There is a prosperity that comes with sorrow, guys. And it's a prosperity that the Lord gives that addeth no sorrow. I don't know about you, I don't want no sorrow. I want some joy in my life. That's why I saw my feet, my time is gone. I'll, do, I'll finish the rest tomorrow in prayer. But I hope you were encouraged this morning, beloved. God wants inheritance for you. God wants to do it. I don't know about you, but that, that freed me last night where I'm realizing that God wants to do it. I'm not praying to make him do it. So today, in this very moment, we're asking God, as we were doing in worship and prayer earlier on, if there's anything in me that's unbelieving, if there's any deceitfulness that does not allow me to, to be encouraged by this word today, if there's anything in me that's not allowing this heart to be fertile, because guys, what I'm saying today is going to get tested this week. Life will produce a picture that will cause you to think different about what I said. But we do not walk by sight, we walk by faith. What did God say? What did he say? He said, I will never leave you, sir, and forsake you. He said, I am for you and not against you. He said, I'm going to be with you I'm gonna, and I'm going to cause you to inherit this promise that I promised your forefather. That's what God said. So my prayer in my closet has been, God, open my eyes to see how you see. My prayer has been, Lord, enlighten the eyes of my heart. I want to see how you see. What's your prayer? What's your confession? Prayer it's telling God the truth. I ain't got a prayer point for you guys. You've got a prayer point. You know your heart. You know where you're at. You know what's going on. You know what's stopping you. You know. He knows. Confess it. God is for you. God wants this for you. Search me and know me. That should be your prayer point this week, guys. Some things we don't know what's wrong with us. He knows. But ask him, search me, Lord, and know me. Try me. See if there's anything in me that is hindering me from the path of everlasting. Let's get honest. And real with God. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. 23, we're crossing over into inheritance. We're crossing over into promises. We're crossing over to our eyes. Our natural eyes are going to see the testimony and the faithfulness of God. We're going to celebrate the goodness of God and the mercies of God that is pursuing you all the days of your life. Lord, I pray over your children, over myself in this very hour, 
Precious Spirit of God, you are a helper. This week as we fast, as we turn aside food, as we put time in to seek you and to know you, oh, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh? Holy Spirit, would you comfort us? Holy Spirit, would you help us? Holy Spirit, the days that we don't feel like praying, would you pray for us? Holy Spirit, would you put into remembrance all the things that has been spoken to us? Holy Spirit, would you bring revelation and understanding to what God is saying to us? Holy Spirit, be my guide, be my vision, be my delight. I pray this week over your children, Father. May there be fresh encounters in the presence of God. Some of you here, the night time, God is calling you to some time of personal one-to-one worship and devotion. I believe the Lord will begin to drop things and begin to give clarity to things. I see you guys writing on things. This week, get a journal, get plain paper, get some pen. The Lord's going to inspire you this week. If you believe it, I need you to receive it and say amen. amen. That's the prayer of agreement. This week, clarity. This week, clarity. This week, you're going to understand what it means to have peace in the midst of the storm. This week, I'm telling you guys, if you can engage with the word of the Lord, it shall be so. Hmm. I speak clarity over this house. I speak new vision and new understanding. I speak a new longing, a new desire. I speak, Lord, the desires that we have for things that are destroying us this week. Let it be a divine exchange. Let it be a week of deliverance, oh God. A week of healing, oh God. Let it be a week of transfiguration where we see you and we become like you.